Let's bring in Nancy Grace. She joins us by phone. Nancy, uh, you've been anticipating this moment for quite some time. What was your takeaway? Well, I think that is very significant. We are learning the cause of death. And the fact that it is a strangulation, in my mind, even more so implicates Brian Laundrie. I think that when DNA results are in, we'll find out even more. Um, legal eagles had long thought the COD cause of death would either be strangulation or blunt force trauma. I find strangulation to often be used. It's called a sweetheart murder. In other words, the perpetrator is close up and intimate with the victim. And we find that often in domestic homicides. Yeah, Nancy, I was, I was going to say uh, the idea of strangulation particularly of a young woman like this, after circumstances that we have seen in other uh, videos at other times, su su is, to you, is that suggestive of a crime of passion? It's absolutely suggestive of a crime of passion. I had long suspected it would be either strangulation or asphyxiation or blunt force trauma in a fit of rage. But here we have Gabby out in the wilderness alone with Brian Laundrie. We know she was contemplating leaving him because so many people had just told her to reconsider the relationship. There she is, alone with him, contemplating leaving, and statistically, the single most dangerous time for a woman contemplating leaving a relationship is that's the most single, the single most dangerous time. And there she is, alone. What is really floors me is what it must have taken for him to leave her decomposing for three or four weeks. And, and I'm really happy in one way, or relieved is a better word, that they could even determine a cause of death due to potential decomposure of Gabby Petito. And as far as what the details we just learned, uh, what they do in tying or potentially making the connection to Brian Laundrie in the court of law, uh, Nancy, I would ask you, referencing uh, what a Salt Lake City-based private investigator is quoted talking about in our dot-com piece today, saying that he was not going to be surprised if it was manual strangulation um, or if he had choked her before. He said when he was watching that police video in Utah and she described how Laundrie grabbed her face during a domestic that domestic dispute, he said, um, the private investigator said that any victim who's been choked before, their natural reaction is to lower their chin to their clavicle to prevent that hand from going around their throat, suggesting that's what he saw her do in that video. Do you believe that law enforcement and, and lawyers are going to be able to make any sort of connection here? I absolutely do believe that. You know, it's amazing what type of DNA is left behind be it saliva, blood, semen, epithelial, which is skin cells. I hope that the decomposure did not um, ruin or compromise any of his DNA, if in fact it was there at all. But I can tell you this much. The fact that she was strangled out there, and when you look at her in that body cam video from Moab, August the 12th, the way she kept holding her hand up to her chest, near her neck. I mean, it's, it's very, very disturbing. I now think that investigators, police, FBI, will use extrinsic evidence, such as placing Brian Laundrie at that location or the vicinity near the time of death to place him there with her. So there's no way for a jury to find someone else did this thing. You know, through phone records, through receipts, through nav system on the for transit, the navigation system, placing him there at the approximate time of her death. They will be able to do it. Welcome to the Spookies Podcast. I am the Swamp Queen, who has summoned all of the alligators to the Carlton Reserve. Stephanie. And I'm Michael, an asshole who interrupts people 
at least according to the reviews. And me. Yes. So what are we talking about, Stephanie? There's some breaking news. There's some big breaking news. Mm -hmm. The FBI, police, and Laundrie's parents searched for Brian in areas he used to frequent in the Carlton Reserve. On October 20th, Brian Laundrie's remains confirmed by forensic dentistry with some of his belongings were found at the park in an area that had recently been underwater due to flooding. Terrible day for all the TikTok psychics who said he was buried in the parents' backyard. I suppose it's safe to generic ball white guys again, though. They're, yeah. they're no longer on the suspect list. Yeah, they thought he was underneath the tomato bush. <laughs> One of the items found was the personal notebook of Brian's that may shed light on the murder of Gabby Petito. Yeah, I hope there's something in that. I hope we can get some answers. Absolutely. It is unclear how Brian died. His arm and part of his skull were found. Incidentally, or coincidentally, the park where Brian's remains were found was 10 minutes away from the laundry home. Sketch! It's very sus, very suspicious. Yes, as all the true crime people say, sketch. Sketch. Brian Laundry died as he lived. A coward and a loser. I hope he made a, a good meal for the gators. Put him in a bun and chow down. Do you think he tastes like chicken? I hope so to the gators. Because he's a cowardly piece of shit. <laughs> it is unclear whether he committed suicide or he succumbed to the elements. Whatever the case, this guy was a coward. He was being hunted like an animal. He died alone. He deserved everything that happened to him. I only wish it was more punitive. I know that sounds mean and right-wing. No, I'm very much an eye for an eye when it comes to open and shut, you know, cases like this where you know who the fucker Twitter is. Twitter seems very unhappy with what happened. What What are your thoughts on that? How? In which way are they unhappy? Because they're unhappy they about They feel a lot of like we were denied justice. They wanted him show trial. They wanted OJ. Okay, well, okay, so you're kind of saying what I'm going to say, which is, yeah, uh, do we want to see justice brought to brian because i think it would be pretty easy to get there of course however we've we've all watched horrible you know cases that get sensationalized and the survivors of the victims suffer so much through this they're shit. dehumanized because the the people are dehumanized and, and i remember it actually from scott peterson with top mom these types of things where where the cases are really really blown out they're drug along forever and ever and ever and it's just horrible to the family it becomes more of a tabloid story than something real right right and if anything good can come of such a tragedy like this it is a discussion about domestic abuse and violence and what happens to people particularly women when they're faced these with these things um, with these kind of destructive relationships and I don't think anyone should have to die for us to talk about it, but people are now talking about it and people are actually leaving abusive right. relationships because of what happened to her. I can only say that that's her light shining out. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, uh, I th there's a lot of theories on Twitter that like he faked his dental records. Guys, look, we love conspiracies here. This is kind of a conspiracy podcast too, but that's ridiculous. You can't, <laughs> you can't fake your dental records. You're going to yank out all your fucking teeth and then put in implants? That would be suspicious. I have a story to tell about this. Okay. So there was an intern, not Monica. There was another intern that went missing, um, Chandra Levy. And this is like the early 2000s, I think. Yeah. She was, uh, she worked for a Democrat. He was a Gary Condon, I think is his name. He's a congressman. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember this. And her, oh, yeah. She went missing. Wasn't it in California? I think so, yeah. Yeah. She went missing. And she was pregnant, wasn't she? I don't know, but she had an affair with Gary. Now, I don't know if Gary killed her or not, but my grandmother believed 100% that her family had concocted a conspiracy against him. She thinks, What? She thought that, uh, Gary, that Chandra was hiding. And when it came out that they found her body... And that the bones, you know, it was revealed to be her. She said, oh, that's fake. It's fake news. What? <laughs> she said this before fake news was a thing. She's like, it's fake news. It's bullshit. That family had it out for Gary Condit. They were out to get him, just like 
the right wing was out to get Monica, you know, the Clintons with Monica. I think he either killed her or he had her killed because I believe she was pregnant as well. And she was regardless. Dental records don't lie, guys. Yeah. Especially at this level. There's no reason. Look, if it was a higher thing, I would be open to that. It was fake. More powerful people is what you're saying. Influential, powerful people. Brian Laundrie is dead. Mm -hmm. Let's celebrate. Mm -hmm. I'll bring the champagne. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he he went out like a bitch. And I think that's totally appropriate that he went out like a bitch. Because he is a bitch. Yeah. Fuck this guy. He died as he lived. A coward and a loser. Whether he ran out of food or he was flooded out of the area he was staying in or he was really bad at survival which i think the latter is probably true or even contracted a fever like malaria because that shit is running rampant around in the swamps i think there is some mystery about what happened and hopefully the notebook yeah i would like to if they can ascertain how he died i want to know because i want to know how he suffered but he's dead he's not alive there's no conspiracy there yeah he's he's, he's dead and i think we all agree that he fucking killed Gabby Petito. Yeah, and and look, you want to come at us with that and say, oh, well, allegedly, he did it. He did it. He did it. Why would he run if he didn't do it? And steal her money and steal her van and leave her body. The guy is a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit. And so many eyewitness accounts have come forward about what he was doing to her. But there's another element to this, and I think this is where the emotion of this case gets is his parents. Mm-hmm. His parents are... Not only did they show a lack of concern for Gabby, they only cared about their son and protecting him. Like most people of their generation, the baby boomers, in the end, it was all about them and their pride, their blood. They showed a contemptible lack of compassion for another human being, their daughter-in-law. Mm-hmm. And they didn't give a shit. They've been so stoic and just get off our property. Get off our property. I love that the media is harassing him. And normally that's one of those things that bothers me. Right. But this case, they fully deserve it. They totally deserve and it. And I hope they are pariahs for the rest of their fucking yeah, lives. I do too. And not only that. Um, and if you want to give us a one star review for me saying fuck in this case, go ahead. I dare <laughs> you. I fucking dare you. And should they find the evidence? And I think there probably is evidence. I And I don't know who would be in charge of building this. I hope law enforcement builds a case for Brian's parents. They could be accessories or they could be uh, actively involved in obstruction and of justice. Uh, exactly. Obstruction of justice and, or even aiding and abetting a murderer. Because yes. if they can prove that uh, he, there were phone calls at the time of her yeah. death, that would show something right there. These people n- know things. They acted. They know much more than we fucking know. They acted shady from the beginning and emotionless. And they were only angered that they were harassed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For being so callous and suspicious. If you're going to act suspicious, you're going to get harassed by the media. That's how it works. Okay. They apparently are clueless about how the media works. If you're going to wait for 11 days to say that you know that your son came home. And then, oh, wait, now Like he's I gone? said before, they showed a contemptible lack mm-hmm. of empathy for another human being who was close to them, who had lived with them. Right. There's something wrong There's here. something wrong. There's something... You know, I don't understand it's these rotten. parents. Because there's there are several parents who do stuff like this. The Chris Watts parents are like this. Oh, yeah. And the Scott Peterson. The Scott Peterson parents are like this. They're fucking terrible. Uh, the way... I don't, I don't understand that because when you look at earlier generations and they have children who turn out to be horrible killers or they pretty much disown them or they're heartbroken. That And there have been people in, in history who've done that. But it seems th- like with this current generation, parents, especially here in America, seem to have a problem ever admitting that they failed raising their sons or daughters. And I believe this is boomer narcissism. I was about to say that. Yeah. Sometimes, as in this case, it can be deadly. Right. You know, did you fail raising your son why he turned out to be a monster? Surely they witnessed him abusing Gabby. I have no doubt that they they witnessed abuse in the home. You know, and now to be fair, her father, Gabby's father, says that he never saw any red flags. But that doesn't mean anything because as we saw with the police, he was like, look at me. I'm I'm a nice guy. Yeah. Well, my ex could do that shit, too. He was great at that. So what what is it about your ex? Whatever ex. I don't want to get too into it, but Mm -hmm. what is it that they did that? What is it about domestic abuse? I want to hear this. Well, for me, I I experienced it firsthand at home. So I experienced a lot of emotional and narcissistic abuse. I was a scapegoat, 
mm-hmm. and it still am the family scapegoat. Oh, you should tell everybody what's going on with your dad and your panties. <laughs> oh, yeah, he decided to steal some of my underwear. Just we live with, with her parents because we're taking care of her mother. My mother has late stage Parkinson's disease. And she's on her deathbed, basically. And we've been taking care of her, and we've been here. And Stephanie has been the blunt of abuse from an alcoholic father. Mm-hmm. And he's high, very high functioning. So even within my external family members, so not even just my brother, but they all think I'm crazy because I've been painted that way. So it's been it's been hard. So I that's my background. And that before being, any of you assholes get any judgmental out there, I've been living on my own most of my life. So <laughs> don't. It's not that we are here helping someone. We're actually about to move though. Uh huh. Because it's too toxic. It's just we can't do it anymore. My, look, there are other people that can step up to the plate and need to. I've been taking care of my mother since I was 12. Yeah. That's a long time. That's a really long, that's a really long time. I had to be an adult before I was ever ready to be an adult. So without going too deep into the, you know my own childhood trauma, it did set me up for uh, a romantic relationship that would have similar dynamics to what I witnessed my parents go through, what I witnessed my mother go through. So, which is means um, a partner who is emotionally and verbally abusive. Uh, certainly, it was done to me by my own father. So, but I also watched him do it to my mother. And I had a romantic relationship with somebody, and it was—it's so strange because I always said I would never be with somebody like that, and yet it happened. It doesn't mean anything because that's what they always say, including myself. And that it happens to you when you realize what you're involved in. Mm-hmm. And and part of it is is narcissists themselves. They they do so much emotional manipulation. They target you. They find someone. Whether and look, I even think with Gabby's case, I don't think it's because she came from a bad family. I think it's because she was naive and sweet and young and has a big heart. No, her family seems like a good family. A very good family. A caring. She's very family. close to her parents, and and you can tell that she came from like That's healthy what people. I was watching on YouTube. There's a there's a podcast called psychology in seattle and the guy one of the guys who runs a podcast was saying you can be from a healthy stable Mm -hmm. family and still end up in these situations right i ended up i was after you get done i'm going to talk about i was in an abusive relationship and i really didn't come from an unstable family but you just end up in that place yeah yeah because you don't it happens slowly what i want to say is it's a gradual thing so when you when you get into an abusive relationship it doesn't happen all at once it's a gradual process. They reel you in. They love bomb you. They can even kind of withhold affection and then love bomb you. And they do target people who are kind and loving and have a big heart or at all empathetic. And I'm very empathetic because you can actually feel what they feel. And, you, and it, it's a part of you that wants to, to help, right? Because they're, they're, they play on your emotions like, I need your help. I need you. Which is an alluring thing. And you wouldn't think that, but it is that, that you could be someone's, you know, savior in a way Yeah, that you could be the, the, this, this person's like, you can help them out of a dark place. Yeah. It, it always feels good to be, be someone who can help, I think. But when it's used against you, that's where it really becomes toxic and dangerous. So for me, I was in this relationship for almost 11 years. I tried over and over and over again to leave. Um, I knew it was wrong. I loved him. But I, I every time I tried to leave, um, he would convince me to stay, either through threat of danger, but it's usually some kind of coercion. Mm-hmm. Emotional manipulation, like I have a gun picked out at this store and I'm going to use it on myself if you leave. Or threats, and I don't even think I... I understood this until years later he would talk about how he could get away with hiding a body and no one would ever find it if he killed if he wanted to kill somebody and i think intrinsically i knew he meant me so he never hit me he didn't have to hit me he hit walls he threw things he was violent to all the shit around him and he would scream and yell he did this in front of his parents he did it in front of my parents but because like i said i came from a bad background his father was also abusive when he was growing up. So this didn't make for a great human being. And it made it really hard to leave because like I said, I did love this person. And when you love somebody, you know, we're told over and over again that that you should be faithful, you should stay with them, you should uh, support them in their time of need. And I was doing all of this stuff. And I just parts of me were just getting whittled away. Yeah, as time got on. And, and it was so 
frustrating to me when it finally ended because I didn't get to end it. I was trying to. That's the irony of it. I think I think he knew it. And it turned out he was just doing all kinds of really bad other bad things to me during the course of the relationship and uh, like <laughs> serial cheating and a, a lot of stuff. Uh, and this is not I'm not unique in this, which is I think find I no. find really sad. Um, so yeah, it, it felt like my power was taken away and I didn't get any closure about that. And that, that's really hard. So for when, when they show the videos of Gabby with the police officers, I literally can't watch any of it. I watched the like the original one, but more of it, I saw so much of myself and the way she would apologize and cover. And you don't even know you're doing it until you can get away from it. Yeah. So I'm glad. I'm really glad I'm not in, in, in that place anymore. I... I've I've just grown so much as a person and have healed quite a bit and I have a long way to go. But if anyone is is in a relationship like that, I urge you to, to leave to leave to leave and do not tell them. Just fucking go. I was get your shit. Get the fuck out of there. Stay with a friend. I know not everyone wants to go to shelters. If you, just anybody go, just go. I don't care if you don't have any money because I didn't have any money. That was part of the problem. I I was spending all my money on my health care. All of my money went to my health care. I was with a person who emotionally abused me. Mm -hmm. And it's not the same as what Gabby went through. I'm not comparing it. But I met a woman who love-bombed me yep. and told me that I was special. Mm -hmm. And then I came to believe her. I tried to push her away several times because yeah. I was scared of her. <laughs> yeah. But she love-bombed me and she worked her way into my life. And I realized very quickly that she only wanted me to get married. She didn't love me. She just wanted somebody to marry. She wanted the status of getting married. Yeah. Now, living in the Midwest, this is very important to women out here. Uh, people are very traditional. I would say even more traditional than some of the shit in the South. It's weird. It's really, really weird how people, because people get married here fast and they have children fast. And if you buck that system at all, you're looked at like a pariah. But I didn't like the person I was in a relationship and towards the, we were together for two years, but towards the end of the relationship, we fought a lot mm -hmm. and I was not happy with who I was in the relationship. Yeah. I never hit her. I never abused her, but I was verbally combative and she was too. Yeah. And it was toxic. It was a toxic relationship and I kept putting off the wedding because I didn't want to be with her. Yeah. And... Finally, uh, it came to a head when she found out that I I had lost my job, and she stalked me. She found and out. And this is during the Great Recession, yeah. by the way, guys. So, and they wanted him to quit college to manage a Target. Yeah, Target wanted them for shit shit. But she of money. found out <laughs> it was a lie, and I take responsibility for that. It was a lie of omission. But because you didn't trust her. I didn't trust her, and I still don't to this day. Yeah. And she was verbally abusive. She told me she would attack my writing and my creative endeavors. You know, she she dumped me, but then she kept stalking me yeah. after she dumped me. And yeah. she, Stephanie knows this because uh -huh. she she left uh, broken glass in her Stephanie's uh, tires, and it did puncture one of them. So I had to get that. Fixed. Yeah. So you're dealing with and somebody. she poured gas on my car because I could smell it. Yeah. And you could see it. And that's psychotic behavior. That's psychotic. And I didn't want, you know, this to ever happen. And I was embarrassed. I felt like it was my fault. Yeah. I mean, there's so much shame involved in it because you feel like you should know better. And I want to say. I felt like it was my fault, though, that she was stalking Stephanie. I didn't know what to do. Oh, I didn't blame you for that. She, but, she was the one that was crazy. It was embarrassing because I felt like I was better than this person. Like, I felt like I, I should never have dated this person. I felt that way, too. And here's the thing. This is one of the reasons I didn't think I was being abused. I wasn't getting hit. But the other thing was that I would hold my own when we would fight and he would scream at me. I would I would fight back. Not I, I would say my piece. And in a lot of ways, I think one reason his, his family kept me around was that I kept this person more in line. He was so much harder to deal with by himself he was a he was a difficult person is still a difficult person and when i was there it made it easier now i feel like i was a coward because i kept putting off the wedding instead of breaking up with her but it's because in my own heart i did love her and i didn't want to be alone yeah 
And she would do things like she would, you know, your ex would try to kill himself. She would threaten to jump out of the car. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I, it was also, I wanted to be a part of this family because I felt like mm-hmm. that was the thing. That too. I, yeah. Cause you follow, I fell in love with his family and I still, I, I still talk to some of his sisters and I do love them. And I, I still love his mom. I mean, it's his family or her, fa- sorry, her family was good to me. Mm-hmm. I wanted that. Yeah. I don't know why I needed that, but I felt it felt important because look, I had two grandparents who loved me. I was raised by my grandparents. But you didn't grow up with siblings. Well, I mean, you have siblings, but you didn't get to really grow. But my up family, with them. my birth mother, and my my larger family, there's issues there, you mm-hmm. know, unfortunately. But same with mine. I mean, um, so you, you want something that feels a little more normal, that feels like you belong. You want that. But I realized I the Thanksgiving quickly dinner. they just wanted to marry her off, and I was mm-hmm. just a tool to yeah. do that. And that hurt me. And so in that sense, maybe I don't know Gabby's full story, but in that sense, maybe I emphasize with Gabby. And I think there's a lot of people online who are looking at this just through the lens of uh, skin color. And I think they're missing the point because I think there's a larger issue at play. It's about domestic violence. Mm-hmm. It's about masculinity and the way women are treated. You know, yeah. And I'm not trying to woke you out, guys. I'm not, as we all know, I'm not a woke person, but... Yeah. And I'm even somebody I think who has a traditional view of masculinity, but this this bothered me because I saw a woman who was a victim. Yeah, and it was pretty fucking obvious she was a victim, and the cops are just it, overlooking it. It, <laughs> like, it bothered me in the same way that George Floyd's death bothered yeah. me because it hit on a larger societal issue. Because mm-hmm. it could happen to any of us. I mean, for me, it did happen to me, not quite in the same way. Obviously, I'm not. I didn't perish from it, but. It's it's caused a lot of lasting harm, so I'm still dealing with the pieces. It's been ten years, and I'm still dealing Brian's, with a lot of emotional baggage. Brian was a piece of human feces, mm-hmm. and Gabby's last moments on this earth were seeing the man she loved, the man she trusted, brutally strangle her to death. Yeah, she was a child. She was she was young. Yeah. He was an abuser and a coward, a monster. He was an incel who somehow managed to land a girlfriend because he's typically the kind of guy. Well, she knew him for years, but she never dated him. So yeah. he kind of worked at her for a long time. He, he whittled her down. Exactly. I want to say, I don't even think he really believed in the causes she did. I think he mirrored what she liked, like a lot of narcissists well, whole- do. I think she he mirrored who she was. In order to ingratiate himself to her. There's a whole other theory behind that too. That that he got involved with her just to murder her. That he hated women. And this is a theory. Now I want to say. I don't know. Abusers use domestic violence to gain control and power over their targets. Domestic violence is a choice on the part of the abuser. Yeah. It's never. they can't. It's never something that they can. You know. They, they chose this. Yeah. Uh. But certain underlying factors might sometimes contribute to a person's propensity for abuse, including experiencing childhood trauma, holding certain belief systems about hierarchy and domination. We see this with, you know, the Trump people (laughs) witnessing domestic violence as a child. And I think, you know, if you come from a family, there's something about the laundry family that that tells me that they taught him this. I think they did. The the father looks angry all the time. He looks angry. And they're getting a divorce, apparently. So, oh, are they? Yeah. <laughs> According to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, about 20 people per minute are physically abused by an intimate partner. One in four women and one in nine men experience severe intimate partner physical violence, sexual violence, and or partner stalking with injury, PTSD, mm-hmm. and contraction of a STD, which... I never knew that was a part of domestic violence, an intentional... Uh, yeah, because the person is cheating on you all the time, and they're bringing home... This happened to me. And I actually... this You know what makes it awful? I would see my doctor, and he would never outright tell me what I had. Never. Not once did he actually tell me. He would say, well, it's like a trichinoma. Well, what the fuck is that? And I would literally... I, I'm not a beat around the bush. My gynecologist lying to yeah. me. Okay? Like, how fucked up is that? How fucked up is that? Like, he... This happened over and over again. And I was like, I kept was like, oh, it's got to be the birth control I'm on. And I would get cervicitis. I would get these infections. And it it never made any sense. And then it was weird because my ex, and this is going to be a little, hopefully it's not too much TMI, but he was like really adamant about like condoms. 
like really adamant about condoms in this like OCD kind of way. And I and I'm not was <laughs> like, you know, and this this is while I was on birth control pills and we were in a committed relationship. And I didn't I was like, what? What is happening? Looking back, obviously. <laughs> Men who perpetrate violence have a specific characteristics. And the first being, of course, they're narcissistic. Mm-hmm. We see this time mm-hmm. and time again. They willfully lack empathy. And they choose to treat their needs as more important than others. You yeah. Know? Your father's like this. <laughs> yeah. So it was the ex. This is also the <laughs> boomer mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, perpetrators. And, and they act like, here's the thing. When you ask to have your needs met, I mean, even in the most like bare fucking minimum, they act like you were asking for the moon. Like, how dare you <laughs> ask to be not yelled at? <laughs> Perpetrators psychologically manipulate their victims to believe their abuse and violence is caused by the victim's inadequacy. Mm-hmm. And I was I was told this. This yeah, is I something this psychologically. I, I was and look, if you think I'm a fucking cuck or a wimp out there for enduring abuse by a woman. Uh my brother was abused by his wife. So I watched it happen. I fucking watched it happen. As a wife, as a lover, as a human being, rather than the perpetrator's selfish desire for power and control over them. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was subjected to was a family and a woman trying to control and manipulate me and i didn't want to face that yeah yeah because you start you feel like it's it's a reflection on you or how can you fix this and the scariest thing is well i fix this by leaving um and all but also if you're not supported to leave that makes it hard to leave because that was part of it. People didn't want me to leave. They wanted me to stay in that relationship. His family definitely wanted me to My stay in My grandmother that never said anything negative like you should leave Betsy. Yeah, that was the thing. I mean, I'm not going to say her last name because I don't want to be stalking of question, her. If some of them would kind of question, it was always in this really kind of gentle beat around the bush. And I am just not that person. You have to tell me directly <laughs> or I won't get it. And I wish someone had said, Steph, you just need to leave. This, yeah. this is a guy you just need to leave. He's no good for you. He's a piece of shit. It's time to move My on. My friends? That would have been so much more helpful. And I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just saying <laughs> that would be, would have been really great advice. So if you have a friend who's going through this, fucking tell them, okay? Just tell them. Tell them they can come and stay on your couch. Whatever. Uh, my friends told me to leave. Uh, Heidi, uh, as you who you know from college, mm-hmm. told me to leave. It was a dangerous situation, but I wouldn't listen to her because I was- Yeah, and that happens too. I didn't want to be alone. Yeah, and that, yeah. And I know as There's a man, that's a weird no, thing to say. It it's, it happens to a lot of us. It it really does because part of part of the cycle of abuse is that you start to feel like you have to be with this person or that you you can't live without them, and it's really insidious the way that worms its way into your psyche and your emotional well being. It's not true, but it's it's how you feel. Like, well, I'm not going to be okay if I'm not with this person because yeah. they need me. They need me. I'm needed. And that's part of the thing that's That's, that's the said thing. There. She made me feel needed. Right. And they're very good at doing that. And this, but ha- I, this can happen with friendships. I felt by cowardly the because I couldn't just say, no, I don't want to marry you. Because mm-hmm. I knew I didn't want to marry her. I mean, I, I think there's even abusive friendships. I've had my share of those. No, we, yeah. They're we different. W- women's friendships are, are much more emotional and, and layered, I think. <laughs> Not that men's friendships can't be, but women, we put we tend to put a lot of effort into our, our friendships the way we would a, lo- a lover. So... For anyone who's, I mean, I think the obvious domestic abuse stuff we know hitting is wrong, but I don't think enough is is ever talked about the emotional side of it, all the manipulations that that occur when you're in abusive relationships, that they aren't just this, like, a woman's getting beat, she's got bruises all over her face. It doesn't always have to be like that. Sometimes it's it's much more complex. Yeah. I noticed... Um one of the photos we see uh, they showed it in the media was a Brian's collection of comic books and graphic novels in his bedroom. Now, I'm not suggesting that comic books or any form of entertainment causes violence. I'm not one of those people. Stephanie and I are big fans of superhero movies. We like fantasy. I'm into horror and scared stories. It's one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast. <laughs> I don't think any art should be... Um... Brian is simply a defective... he is a monster but does he seem like this new type of sensitive male the hippy dippy nerd who listens to joe rogan who who is obsessed with power fantasies this was my ex of superheroes (laughs) i mean this is before joe rogan (laughs) 
but this was my ex. And I'm not even blaming Joe Rogan, but they listen to Joe Rogan. like, And he's stuck in this narcissistic state of being a man-child who mm-hmm. is prone to violence and my misogyny. My ex loved Chuck Palahniuk as well. Yeah, there you go. And of L- course, came away with all the wrong conclusions. Like I said, he <laughs> seems like an incel who got a girlfriend. Look no further than the yeah. incel movement. Yeah. Insecure, powerless men who want to be dominant yes. over, over yes. others. Mm-hmm. It's these effeminate men who want to be masculine. And this is where the toxicity comes from. We have a crisis of masculinity. There's something in American culture that says being a bad man is masculinity. Yeah, or that's alpha, and it's not. What it means to be a man is to be dominant. Power and dominance over women is how you prove Mm -hmm. you're a man. I've never bought into this, but a lot of people have. Well, we wouldn't be together if you had bought into this. (laughs) Yeah, and I even have traditional (laughs) views of masculinity, but I've never bought that idea that being... A bad person is what makes you an alpha male. I'm glad. <laughs> in all the footage we see of Brian, he seems to be hiding in deep-seated rage. And that's what I got from the police body cam footage. Is there's something false. Now, to be fair, like I said before, Gabby's father says there isn't any red flags about Brian. But I think he was putting on an act. Well, of course, that's what they do. They're really good at it. Typically, narcissists can be charming when they want to. My ex-narcissist was charming when he wanted to be. He could charm the pants off of anybody oh, yeah, if he wanted to. Yeah. He was good at it. I mean, I'm good at that. <laughs> but I'm not a narcissist because I, I see my flaws and limitations. There is a theory that Brian left with Gabby as a part of some sick fantasy that he planned to kill Gabby on the trip all along. What do you think about this stuff? I, I think that is, you're giving him way too much credit. I think you're giving the guy way too so much fucking credit. you think he credit. committed murder ad hoc? I think it was a fit of just rage. I think she wanted to, she was going to leave him or maybe was talking about it. Maybe after we get home, we should rethink this relationship. I don't know because he's getting more and more abusive. And maybe she's even calling. Well, she hadn't talked to her parents, but she's probably saying I want to, you know, because the self-service is spotty out there. But I would not be surprised. if You don't think this is premeditated? No, no. I think it was because a strangulation is feels like a fit of rage. Uh, Nancy and Grace like I said before, this. the last thing she saw as she died was the man she loved killing her. What do they call it? The, the sweetheart homicide? Yeah. So that, yeah, that's rage. That's rage stuff. And according to his friends, he did have a dark side. He did have moments where he was talking to himself. And that sounds like psychosis mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Again, we're not stigmatizing mental illness here. I'm just saying that there was something wrong with him. Right. Do you think Brian was responsible for the death of the lesbian couple? Now, this I'm kind of 50-50 I'm 50-50 on it, too. I can't rule it out. I, I think it's, it is it is really coincidental. It might, it, it's probably most likely a family member or a friend of the community and, and targeted them and it, well, as I, a hate crime. It's Crystal Turner, 38, and Kylan Schultz, 24. Mm-hmm. They were found dead in South Mercer area of the... Grand County uh, in Grand County, Utah. The women had complained to friends and family about a creepy man who was stalking them. Again, that could be very vague, you know. So in my conspiratorial uh, ten hat time, where <laughs> where I start to think about this, I'm like, did they witness Brian do something? Did they? Did he think they? Wit- or was he just stalking them? I don't know. They were murdered on Friday the thirteenth, by the way. Now. Friday the 13th has long been considered an unlucky day. But why? Before patriarchal times, Friday the 13th was considered the day of the goddess. It was considered a day to worship the divine feminine that was in all of us and to honor the cycles of creation and death and rebirth. Brian does seem like the type of person who'd be aware of such things because he's, again, this kind of... He wants to be a male. I don't want to say beta male, but he is kind of a beta male. Well, there's, look, I've, because I witnessed it firsthand, I have witnessed douchebaggy dudes try to get into kind of edgy things in order to be more attractive and mysterious. I know, he married one. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I've always been crazy. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't see you, like, buying occult books and then... Oh, I have a bu- I'm l- l- That's micro- not what I mean. <laughs> the microphone is literally sitting on occult books. <laughs> That's not it's what I mean. Mysteries of the Unknown, guys. I remember those fucking books. I wanted them too. So <laughs> I have always been fascinated by the occult, but I'm not 
a, a hippy-dippy guy. I'm a, I'm a more of a traditional masculine guy. My point is, is you wouldn't buy a book and then try to be superior about it to me, which is what my ex would do all the time with stupid shit. And I, I was just sound like, like a beta male, but I am an alpha male. So. <laughs> Uh, many societies, many Western cultures associate the number 12 with completeness. There are 12 months in a year, obviously. Mm-hmm. 12 zodiac signs, uh, 12 gods of Olympus, 12 tribes of Israel, and 12 disciples of Jesus. Because 12 is so complete, it makes sense that the number 13 would be considered unlucky. Divisible by three, though, and three is a trinity number, and that's also a holy number in a lot of religions and cultures yeah true i mean it is to me now brian was in the vicinity of these two women who were killed it's suspicious and that's where it it is weird they should at least rule it out because i think it's weird i just think it's weird look i don't know if he did it but i think it's weird yeah the police by the way we should mention the police do not consider him a person of interest in this have they looked at his dna because i would like to know but the police also let him go yeah these are the same police because it was in the moab Park. yeah it is you're right so these are the same dumb fucks who the police was it the police chief took a leave of absence yeah so they're under investigation now and they've got a leave of absence these cops who were involved and uh i don't think anything will happen to them as with most of these bullshitty investigations into cops when they're she said bullshitty guys time to get the one star reviews ready (laughs) how do you think brian was able to elude the fbi and dog the bounty hunter that seems a weird to me because he had a lot of help from his family not just his parents other members of his family look he's got a an uncle with a whole fucking array of yachts and shit they could have been like taking him from place to place for all we fucking know on their boats again it's this idea that boomers are willing to protect their kids at any cost Mm -hmm. and that they don't seem to care about anybody outside of themselves and their children yeah it's all about the family the bloodline the bloodline like what makes you so fucking special nothing because they see the children as an extension yeah they see them as as like a direct link to themselves not as a separate person not at all nope you are a uh a direct extension of myself and my ego. We see a pattern of murderers, especially domestic abusers, where the parents are either in complete denial, which mm-hmm. happens, or complicit. And that's even worse when you're actually complicit in a murder. I think they're complicit. The dog, the bounty hunter has the theory that they called, mm-hmm. he called them from the murder scene after he killed his wife and said, what I do? You know, and like... So let's get back to the body of, of, of Brian. Because first, the way... I saw it unfold on the internet was uh, uh, the parents call the cops and they go out to the Carlton Reserve and they magically find some clothes and a notebook. Yeah. Right at the place where they said that now they have recanted that and they're, they're the lawyers come they out. They keep changing their they story. They keep changing the story and the lawyer keeps trying to cover for them, but they contacted law enforcement and went out there. So I think they probably had burner phones. I think Brian was checking in with them and maybe he hadn't checked in it for a few days and they got worried. Do you think he killed himself? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he may have gotten sick. He may have gotten a fever or something. Do you think that I get the animal could have gotten him? There are gators out there. It's hot as shit. I almost get the sense that the parents were happy with him killing himself because they didn't want him to implicate them. Mm. I know that sounds ominous and conjecture but it feels that way it feels like they're just more happy i don't even see really grief coming out of those fuckers either no even about it's him it's really it, weird it, it's weird it's like uh, weird. i just want him to be dead and this to be behind us so we can get yeah. on with our lives yeah yeah it's about us because again they're psychopath fucking boomers and that's yeah. how they behave there's a whole we could do a whole podcast on boomers and what's wrong with them <laughs> and if you're a boomer listening to this yeah we're coming after you <laughs> We're not coming after our listeners. No, no. 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 You guys are amazing. <laughs> you guys are fine. <laughs> so final thoughts, Stephanie. What do you think? Uh, I think no matter what, Brian got what he fucking deserved. Fuck him. Mm-hmm. Fuck that guy. Leave the one star reviews after we say fuck. <laughs> I do want to know how he died. And I... I, I want to know I want what to know happened. what's in that goddamn notebook. Because I'm curious, did he plan to murder her all along? Because to me, that actually sounds plausible. I just think because it's strangulation, it feels more like an act of rage. Yeah. But why didn't he kill her earlier? Because he's obviously a psycho. 
it feels like this trip was there's a meaning because if she said i want to leave then that could trigger it right there yeah because that's a very dangerous alone right he has attachment issues yes and it was her van it was her money she was the one who worked hard it was not him i mean he had money via his parents but he didn't have money because he worked hard he was leeching off yes he was a fucking leech yeah guy was a parasite and and i'm I'm so sad that someone had to fucking die for us to have this conversation. It's disgusting. Yeah. The whole case is disgusting. And, and some of the way the media and some of the way the people on Twitter have handled it where they're just like... Well, I've been upset with some of the media when they tried to make this about a race issue. And I'm like, the fuck? There's a dead girl. And it was like on the day they found Gabby's remains and there were people... They say it's a race issue, but then they have no one to offer. Like, no. who should we, co- we no. cover? Those same people have not... They still have not talked about any of the missing people who have gone actually missing and in that we area. are we're gonna cover them <laughs> they haven't talked about um we're covering a race daniel issue. robertson they haven't talked there was a uh, girl of asian descent who went missing in california with her boyfriend and we, they haven't talked about her and i i apologize for not knowing her name off the top of my not head. to pat our backs but this weekend we're talking about a race issue of invisible people people who were just disregarded by history mm-hmm. it's actually hard been hard to research because it's hard to find their fucking names yeah and it's because they're black because they don't write them down nobody gives a shit it's awful even the white it's interracial even the white women because they were with black men right. it's, it's right they don't care right and it was just oh disregarded it's just oh whatever they died and it's in a, a period of time when it was literally illegal to marry outside of your race and it probably will be one of our least popular cases just because <laughs> it's historical and it's about black people but i don't fucking care we're gonna cover it yeah so. yeah it's it's important uh that we cover all of these topics because i'm obsessed again, with it again any person who dies uh, of unnatural causes it's important to know why it happened why so it doesn't black happen doesn't again. fucking matter it doesn't matter um, gay straight whatever i do disagree with people saying that hate crimes should be shouldn't be prosecuted differently and i i'm like no because that's a whole that's a, another level of violence. It's terrorism layered on top of it. Yeah. So I don't agree with that line of thinking. Um, Andrew Sullivan. Andrew Sullivan is like, I don't think there should be a hate crime category. I'm like, you are so dumb. Like you're missing the whole fucking point. Well, of this. his argument is a death is a death, and that gay people are just like everybody else. It's a murder. Right, but if they've been targeted, they're also that's terrorism on top of that. That's domestic terrorism on top of that. I would argue. That's different. Yeah. You know, we've, we saw that with the KKK and how they would burn crosses in people's yards and then hang them afterwards. That's terrorism. And they've done this to gay people and they've harassed them out of their homes and towns and, and things like that. And this is wrong. And speaking of which, the case we're going to talk about next on Sunday, uh, there's a lot of theories it was racially motivated, but I would even argue it maybe wasn't. It was just a psychopath. And that opportunism played a role this Mm -hmm. guy would just kill white and black families he killed murdered whole families which is very rare it's a weird one yeah so next we're gonna answer a question of a person we felt it was important who talked about being bullied because domestic violence and bullying i feel go hand in hand they do a lot of people who are uh, uh domestic abusers are bullies or they've been bullied themselves sometimes and then they turn into the abuser so it's it's a cycle it's a cycle of abuse right yeah so next, we're answering this question. We're not doing questions this week, but we're, we're going to answer this question because it's very important. I felt that it was very urgent yeah. to answer this question. Yeah. And uh, we gave some thoughtful answers, and I hope you enjoy. So we're going to read an email I got that I thought we should talk about. Emil Caster. Caster, Mm -hmm. And uh, he says, I have been diagnosed with autism. I have enjoyed listening to your pod because it has helped me escape the darkness of my life. Using our pod to escape the darkness. (laughs) That's interesting. I feel very awkward in social situations and reading social cues. 
I am in college and constantly bullied for having autism. What should I do? Kick them in the balls. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, don't do anything violent. I'm going to let Stephanie take over because she has more experience with bullying than I do. I don't know if I have the best advice. Um, I will say that I, I was bullied from preschool all the way up into high school. It had a huge impact on my mental health and on my physical well-being. Ironically, I never got into a physical altercation, and it was because I was clever, and I would um, use insults, <laughs> hateful insults. So bully back. I did. I did do that. And <laughs> That's it kept, your advice. Well, and I had this thing that if I appeared a little crazy, like the crazy eye, that they would they would stop well, that, fucking with that me. That comes natural to you, babe. Um, until it would take like groups of 30, I'm not kidding, 30 girls, and this happened at like two or three different times throughout these events toxic femininity to try to beat me up and then blame me and say oh she was the aggressor one person 30 girls that's insane and it got to the point where i i had entered high school um i didn't know this but i had ptsd pretty bad from it and by the time i was a junior i rewind i'd been skipping school in sophomore year because this weight training class I had, I had no, no problem with physical activity. I was a dancer. And so that, that wasn't the issue. It was the point that I was, the whole classroom was full of my bullies. And before that, as coming in as a freshman, I was friends with like the seniors and the juniors. So I could kind of, it was like, I was not around these people. I grew up in a small town. I was around the same fuckers my whole life. And it was, it was torture. So the older I got, the closer I had to be in contact with them. And it was kind of like my world imploded. And so I started skipping that, that class. Doing so saved my sanity. But the teachers never figured out <laughs> until they did figure out. And they couldn't put me on suspension or, or punish me at the end of the year, because it was this school year was ending, and we were literally leaving to go to a wedding in California. And my dad was doing the pictures and the video and all that shit. So when I came back to school the next year, now we get the principal involved, and she's now bullying me. And now she is saying I need to have suspension. I mean, the first two weeks, I don't even get to attend my classes. This really fucks with me, by the way. She puts me behind in all of my grades. There's no way I'm going to graduate on time. So I'm suicidal. I'm, I'm going to therapy. She's losing my doctor's notes. She's harassing me every single day, pulling me out of class. It's a nightmare. So I get my GED. And I go to community college immediately afterwards. And um, I was always gifted anyway. <laughs> and look where I'm at now, doing nothing. But what I want to say is that I, I went through a lot of therapy. I don't know if bullying them back works. It did put them on their guard. I will say, because your brain is is uh, processing information differently, that's that's going to give you um, a hard time reading those social social cues. Your college, I'm hoping, has a counseling center. And I would really like you to seek out someone to talk to about this. And they might even have some resources for you to get better at reading those social cues. Because that's not your fault. All right? I agree. That's not your fault. What these bullies are doing and what they've all what bullies always do is they they take things they hate about themselves, things they're insecure about. When I look back at pictures of myself from when I was younger, I was probably one of the prettiest girls in my entire class. And that's not being that's not me being um, conceited here. Are I, you sure? No, I'm not. <laughs> I was really beautiful. They called me fat. They called me all kinds of horrible names. They just they would come up with things to make up to, to say about me just to be hurtful and hateful. And it all it's them. It has nothing to do with you. Yeah, it's always about the bully. So another thing that I want to say is just being being a young adult is really hard. You're experiencing new things. You're trying to navigate the world. A lot of shit is put on your shoulders to take care of at a, at a young age. And I don't think it's fair because we live in a really, really fast paced, toxic world. And so I have sympathy for you just on that level alone. Stephanie is awkward in social situations. Yeah, I, I am awkward in social situations. She talks a lot to strangers. And I, I just kind of avoid them because I don't like small talk. Well, it's it's kind of that it's anxiety. So I think part of it is anxiety. It's part of my people pleasing thing that I am getting over. So I still have this thing where I want to make people laugh. And I do a lot of things that aren't really great and healthy for me. So I'm still going through 
stuff to try to get over that. And I don't and I really hope this doesn't affect you long term, which is why I'm saying I really want you to talk to somebody who can help you with this. And if there's a group of these little fucks, then I also want you to go to the leadership at your school because uh, uh-uh, we don't live in an age where this is okay anymore. I know, but they're not going to do shit. Anyway, I don't care. I, I, I think it's important to stand up for yourself. I think it's important to craft really good insults to these motherfuckers. Make fun of their tiny dick size. I don't care. <laughs> Whatever it takes. But don't let them fuck with you. And if you can't, like, just leave the situation. But yeah, definitely, definitely uh, would like you to see, see someone. Just to at least talk about it. My wife is obsessed with penis size. Anyway. Well, uh, so many bullies don't have them. So... I would say never let other people define you and never seek validation from others. That's true. Yeah. You don't need them. You don't need it. Um, Autism spectrum disorder, which is, I'm assuming what you have, doesn't define you. You're more than that. You're you're more than this disorder. And if you have a therapist, I would talk with them about how you're feeling. Talking always helps. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have experience Stephanie had with bullying. I have an incident I remember quite vividly in 1988. I was in a public pool and there was two kids um they were latino kids this has nothing to do with what they did but they uh they tried to drown me basically i was underwater for three minutes and they just kept they were they were intent on drowning me i was crazy i was very small and i survived and didn't suffer brain damage because uh i brought with me to the pool i had these uh, dinosaurs they were hard plastic it was the 80s they and made shit out of really hard plastic. Plastic, probably toxic. You know. <laughs> probably probably got brain mean. damage from the dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, that explains a lot. Uh, but yeah, so they were drowning me and I started to go blue. I started to, to pass out, but I grabbed the dinosaur. One of them it was at the bottom of the pool and I pulled it up and hit both of them across the face with the dinosaur. I broke both of their noses with the dinosaur. There was blood everywhere. Which is badass. Yeah, well, it wasn't. It wouldn't be the first or the last time that I broke somebody's nose with a toy, but that's that's another story. <laughs> um, but yeah, I got banned from the pool, but so did they because they, you know, tried to kill me. So they tried to kill you, and you get fucking banned from the pool. This always happens because there was another case of a kid, or not another case. I was I was on Twitter, and someone was re- retweeting this. Like her son stood up for a friend who was getting bullied mercilessly, and the bully tried to beat him up and he defended himself and then she didn't know how to feel about it and i'm like oh no he took care of the situation these kids were like 14 and i was like seven or really small right i'm not saying physical violence unless you absolutely have to i I don't i've never started a fight but i will finish them yeah that's i do think that's important that was the same with me my thing was i had glasses and my mom would tell me constantly how fucking expensive these things were and in no shape way or form could she afford to replace these expensive fucking glasses? And they weren't like they were today. No, even today, my prescription is weird. And they're still very expensive. So that was one reason I didn't want to get a physical altercation. When I, I was afraid of my glasses. When I got when I first got on Twitter, I was kind of shocked at how much I was bullied on there. And then I realized you just kind of develop tough skin for Twitter. Everybody's bullied on Twitter. It's just what people do on social people media. People are dicks on Twitter. It, it helped. I honestly say, I think it helped me out. With the people-pleasing stuff, because I stopped caring so much. It's, uh, Weirdly enough. There's something about Twitter that's inherently antagonistic. It is. It is. So you either sink or swim on there. You can't... It's not really a nice people-pleasing place. You can make friends, a, and it, it can be a, fun it's sometimes. It's a garbage platform. But it is a garbage platform. I remember the other thing I wanted to say about this. So, yeah, when you're in your 20s or you're, you know, your late teens and stuff, and you're you're finding out who you are, one of the things that's happening is that you're you're become you have to become comfortable in who you are that took a long time for me myself i always knew who i was but i wasn't always comfortable with who i was because i again living in a small town my big personality just didn't gel still doesn't gel with this midwest you know point of view and and that kind of thing and it may even be something like that that you don't gel yet in this place but you will around you will find find your path and you will find your people Find your people, exactly. I'm still searching for my people. I found one of them. Yeah. He's sitting across from me, and I am very, very lucky to have found that. We're, bo- we're both crazy. That's why we're doing this podcast. And um, Emil, I, this is going to sound weird, but there's a there's a documentary that Amy Schumer did. And the reason I bring this up, even though it's mostly about her and her pregnancy, she marries a man with autism. And he didn't know he had, I think it's he has Asperger's. 
but he has issues with social cues and stuff like that. He is the sweetest man. He's really successful. He's a chef. I like him a great deal. I think he's, there's just something so beautiful about him and the way he thinks. And, and she does showcase this and that the beauty of his mind, even though it, it works differently than, and I, and I hate to use this term, normal brain, because I don't, what the fuck is normal? <laughs> but because it processes information a little bit differently, he he thinks and sees things in a different way. And it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful because it's a point of view that she wouldn't have. Yeah. And because of that, the, the uh, documentary they did, it was like we all got to kind of share in his lovely worldview too. So that might be something to check out just to see that, that yeah, there are successful people oh. in the world. You are deserving well, of love and you're deserving of friendship. Yeah, and no you one, are. No one should be doing that to you. So just hang in there. Uh, definitely talk to somebody because that, that does help. And um, we'll, we'll keep trying to problem solve this. Yeah, let's move on from the bad comedians. Uh, <laughs> Stephanie and I are bullied constantly on social media by creepy weirdos, mm-hmm. mostly with anime avatars, who want you to know they are asexual and genderless. Or they have uh, crazy eyes. And, and I don't care. They are fixated on Michael and therefore hate me because they're like Christian and alt-right. It's super I weird. come from a time when men wanted to have sex with women. I know this is weird to people. But or men. Yeah, or men. You know, especially in the priesthood. When men just wanted to have sex. And spe- especially in the priesthood. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> men wanted real social interaction. Had dreams beyond the latest Marvel movie or the latest internet meme. I remember a time when the world wasn't so virginistic. That's a made up word, but I'm just going to go with it. Uh, it was really toxic. Yeah. But this is no less toxic it's either. toxic in a different way. Yeah. That's what's fucking weird. Twitter, Reddit, Facebook are all full of creepy men who would rather play video games and never go near a woman. And I'm sure that most women could not care less because they don't want nothing to do with these fucking men. No. These kind of kind of dudes fucking hate us. Women. And they fucking hated us when they were trying to be ballers and whatever, whatever machismo bullshit was going on. These know, aren't we machi- these age. guys aren't machismo. These guys have no social skills. It's not even autism. It's, no, it's, it's something just, else. It's weird. It's it's like it, a weird internet culture, and it. I feel like it starts with YouTube and where people Stephanie are telling each other it's fine to just like not even try. It's so strange to me. Stephanie and I are both gamers. We love playing video games, mm-hmm. and we both still find these people really <laughs> creepy. <laughs> they are. They these are. men. And I use that term loosely on social media, are more excited for superhero movies than ever experiencing sex with another human being. This is not a joke. This is the way they are. They have no social skills, no real friends, no life outside of their obsession with comic book movies and video games. This is America in 2021, folks. It's more sad than anything else. A complete indictment of a society on the verge of total collapse. And that's what we're facing. It's not good for you, by the way, to never be touched by another human being. Humans need we're Other, social creatures. We are social creatures. We're we're apes. Even if we're antisocial. Yeah, we're apes. We need to be hugged. We need to be held. There's been multiple studies done on this about how how you produce oxytocin just by holding hands or hugging somebody. It's incredible. Uh, the sixth extinction is already in progress. Basically, <laughs> I, I I want to create a new moral panic about anime destroying and rewiring young men's brains to be asexual zombies. I think that's a worthy moral panic. <laughs> Or they they like the rape because a lot of this anime shit has a bunch of rape in it. I don't yeah. like it. So I don't like it. These Twitter to- trolls have strong uh, mass shooter energy. Mm. They do. And I suspect these men you were talking about could not easily get those dates because they don't have the fucking social skills. They hate what they see when they look into the mirror. Okay, so that wraps up our special episode. I just want to say thank you for coming along and listening to us uh, talk about these issues. In case you haven't noticed, we're passionate. <laughs> right. I hope I hope everyone is safe and healthy out there. And if you'd all feel in danger, um, please talk to somebody. Get the fuck out of there. Make a plan. Leave. And you can do it. I believe in you. Be good to one another. Be gentle with yourself as you go through this. Uh, if you're going through anything right now, that's the hardest part is we are so mean to ourselves about uh, what we're experiencing because we, we have this. I don't know why, because we would never feel this way about our friends, right? Or family members if they were to tell us yeah, that abuse was occurring or that we were getting bullied. We would never say, oh, well, why weren't you stronger? So we should we should have that same empathy for ourselves and same gentleness and kindness. Absolutely. If that's happening to you, be well. We love you. 
And you can find us at the Spookies Podcast at gmail.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can give also, us some good likes. Yeah, yeah. If you and if you would love to, go over to Apple Podcast and uh, rate us over there. That does help the podcast out quite a bit. I'm getting shit on because people <laughs> say interrupt too much. So give me some likes, motherfuckers. <laughs> And you can find me at Steffi Hell yeah on Twitter or Stephanie Hell yeah on Instagram. And Michael. Yeah. As Agent Bigfoot on Twitter. And you can find me at Spooky Michael on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I don't really post anymore in there, but whatever. I have plans to get better at my Instagrams and make more videos. We're going to take some new photos, whatever. Mm-hmm. We've just been really busy and I've been ill. <laughs> yeah. I have been sick for I my... need a new haircut. So, yeah. You need a new haircut and I need this gluten to get out of my body. I have a harsh allergy. Yay. We're going to take some photo <laughs> shoots that will piss people off. So that's what we get, we're we good at. More fun times. It'll be fun. Yeah. And so we'll be back later this week. Uh, Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. So we're going to talk talking about, about the racist, the, the racist X-Men cometh. <laughs> I can't wait. That's going to be Which sounds a like one. a Jordan Peele movie, but it's it's not funny, guys. It's, it's awful. Yeah. I will be making fun of the murderer, though. You can. This is a this is a psycho. This Mm -hmm. is not a mentally ill person. This is a dangerous psychopath. Right. So you want serial killers? You got them. It's our last serial killer episode for a while. So for spooky season. Then we're going into crazy territory. So. (laughs) So again, thank you for coming along for the ride, and be safe out there. Yes. Bye. Thank you.